Welcome back to Save My Old Times. We are on part two of our analysis of Fading Frontier. Uh, we are picking it up at Leather and Wood. So if you haven't joined us already for that, go back and listen to part one. Ooh. Or start now on Leather and Wood. Live your life. Hell yeah. All right, let's go. Trent and Dave, listen to the song. Woo! Starting, really? starting off with a bang. I was going to say, just big energy coming into oh, side two there. Okay. Woo! Okay, All so... Right. I don't know if the intention of this song or the intention behind this song was to make me not not like it, but <laughs> if it was, then they very much succeeded. Oh, okay, cool. So I don't even have to pretend like I like this song. All right, no, let's go. <laughs> no, like if we're talking about songs that sound like their name, I guess this sounds like a pile of leather and wood. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yeah. the song, uh, it has like a chord change, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly based off of this piano melody that yeah. Bradford plays. It's an A, a D, B, and then an E, D, yeah. A. Yep. So it's forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. All the way through the song, four or five minutes. Five, yeah. five. No, it's almost six minutes. Almost it's five fifty-five. It almost, has no right to be as long as it almost is. Almost six minutes. So yeah. it's really slow. Yeah. Really I, lethargic. I wrote down the word meandering. <laughs> yeah. Um, slow rhythm. Slow bass. Um, yeah. I mean, the the band is there. Yeah, they're playing stuff. The bass is arguably the best part of this song. Arguably, because they because uh, <laughs> our boy J Mac J Mac has the space. He's basically just like making up the bass part every time. He's just throwing in little fills. He's like, you yeah. know what? This time I'm gonna go for a high note. The yeah. next time I'm just gonna keep it low. It's it a matter. it's a little bit of a groove. Yeah, he's but. trying. <laughs> But it's this song is basically an interlude. Yeah, it's very long uh, and it doesn't need to be this long, but it is much more about uh, the lyrics. Yes. And the accompanying sounds and instruments. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, it's like a super freeform like jam. It has it has no rhythm. It has no structure. Yeah. The instruments include um, I think it's a dulcimer. Yeah, it's a little harpsichord, same kind of texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds like a hammered string. Yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Uh, ha- like hammered sounding strings that play the melody for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they go in and out. There's like sci-fi synths. Oh yeah. That pulse mm-hmm. and like sound like spaceships and yes. like they do like weird pulses and like just like waves and water sounds and like yeah. bubbling stuff that come in and out. Um, makes no sense. Has no mm-hmm. has no like real cohesion with any melody rhythm right. counter melody. They yep. just come in, they come out. Yep. they do whatever they want. Um, yeah, they there's like even like an instrumental break where mm-hmm. like the the drums pick up, the bass picks up for a bit. Yeah, um, they have a, like a little bit of a change in energy, but not too much. Um, the dulcimer is really erratic throughout. Yeah, um, it's intentionally hitting the wrong chord a couple times. It's just it's I don't is it intentional. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? I don't, Great question. I don't know. Like it, it does. It does. Like they do miss notes and they yeah. just like play whatever they want. But right. like this, this doesn't seem like intentional chaos to me. It just right. seems. It seems unnecessary. Um, <laughs> the song or the part or the song. We'll get to it. Um, 
the uh, the vocal sample of Bradford. There's yeah, like yeah. a vocal sample. Yes. That's not actually his singing. There's, no, it's, it's just like studio chatter or it's something. Studio I chatter. I thought I heard him say something like he's giving mixing notes. There's okay. one part where I think I, I can hear him say, "Yeah," and then the guitar can, and then, like I don't hear the rest of it. So I think it's just like random chatter they picked up in the studio that they put in the background. They yeah. definitely reverse it at some point too. There's a part where it's not even uh, regular speech. I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can you believe can, that. Can you sense my derision? Yes. Can you sense my it's rage? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, later on in the song, uh, all of these instruments come in together and start forming like some sort of cacophony, which they all just like yeah. merge together and they do a bunch of stuff. And then like the, uh, the main instruments uh, leave and it's just uh, like a minute or so of free form solos from yep. the synth mm-hmm. and from the dulcimer and from like a couple other samples yeah and they just uh do whatever they want for like a good minute or so over static mm-hmm. and then the song fades out yep um the i guess the most central part of this song is the vocals and yes. the lyrics yes this is um, this is very much like a Bradford flexing his his voice and flexing like a more like artistic, creative vocal performance and narrative. Yeah. So like he's straining his voice, he's stretching his voice, he's like compressing it and like turning it into like whole uh, a whole bunch of different like sounds and like yeah, there's like a interesting uh, sounds that he's making with his voice while singing the lyrics. Yeah. And that is. In my in my opinion, probably the best part of the song because it is the most it's the most intentional. It's the most right. like like there's there's something here that they're trying to achieve. Yes. Um, the lyrics and tone uh, clash. OK. Like yeah. completely. So like um, there's very strained performance vocals over like dour and lethargic music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I get what you're saying. And the lyrics are about like this bright future where we yeah, can live okay. in peace. Yeah, okay. I get exactly what you're saying. Even now. when yeah, bad yeah. things happen, we can use it to make a, like a better situation. Right. Like he talks about uh riding his car into a wreck. Yeah, yeah. And even though he did that, he can use the wood and leather to right. make a bridge. Forms a bridge. Forms a bridge. Yeah. Like so it's like uh, even like bad things happen, but we can use them to make better situations. Yes. I, I just said that, but I'm going to say it again. That's fine. Uh, because Repetition. this, because <laughs> this form is way too, this song is way too long. Yeah. It's way too long. It has no right to be almost six minutes. And, uh, there's no dynamics and there's, yeah. there's no real, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Am I being too harsh? No, I think, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to talk a bit more about it in a second, but to just like try and, you know, form a bridge between okay. you and I here for a second. This is the worst song Deer Hunter's ever made, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's just not good. I'm bored. So I'm bad. bored during it, <laughs> which I can't say. There's lots of times where they do something. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. It's not necessarily what I would do, like, but it's interesting. Like weird era, cont- like weird era. Yeah. Um, you didn't like that song. No, I, I liked it because I was able to find something in it that right. was interesting. Right. Uh, I can't, I can't parse this. Right. And at least weird. It's over like a minute and a half. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I didn't care for it, but it doesn't stick around that long. I can't get mad at it. Yeah. Whereas this one, I'm like, why are you taking up so much time? It's the longest song on the album. What are you doing? 
doing? And you just came out of take care, which is a bit of an energy dip anyway. Yeah. This isn't even for, this is like an energy plunge. It's yeah. not an energy dip. Um, so yeah, a couple things about this one. It's very clearly about the idea of Bradford being like this, you know, accident that happened when a car hit me, yeah. you know, has now propelled me to this new place, this better understanding. He talks about, you know, I believe the sun will rise in the east now. I believe we will find that elusive peace now. Yeah. I can't believe there is no hope. Yeah. Where he's, he has a much sunnier disposition. To your point, the, the music doesn't reflect that at all. Like really drudging, really sad, like really low, low energy, lethargic, meandering is a good word. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if this is like entirely a Pearl Jam last kiss situation, (laughs) but like. We uh, love dunking on that song, by the way. (laughs) It's, it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit anything. Yeah. And it just feels it feels like a waste of time. It it kind of does. Um, two more things on this before I before I go you know, for it. I'm 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 done. I'm yeah. checked out. <laughs> you, you just you just hang back. Uh, it's now my turn to go in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say um, it almost sounds like um, I'm gonna mess up who this is. I think it's Kevin Garnett or Kevin Durant. It's a Kevin who's okay. an NBA player. Yes. And at a certain point, I you know I don't follow the NBA, so I'm gonna okay. mess up the story. But he won either a championship game or a very like dramatic game. Okay. And he had this whole thing where he's like, "You can do anything. You can." Uh, Kevin Garnett. Thank you, Kevin Garnett. Uh, you come from a basketball family. Yeah, you know these yeah. things. And so <laughs> the part of the anything end, is possible. Anything is possible. Thank you. That's what it is. So the part of the end it's just because i want to dunk on this song because i don't like it uh is what he's like i believe we can fly i believe anything is real i believe we can die i believe we can live again yeah it's like i do understand he really wants to share this like renewed optimism he has for life this like better understanding of how he fits in the mosaic mm-hmm. of the world but uh, the thing about music is that it the entire thing is is part of the thesis so yeah. like you could write poetry mm-hmm. you could put that you could put these lyrics these very heartfelt theor- lyrics onto a page and you can uh and you could structure them in a way that it's it's read well yeah. and people like it and you can like and you can read it and you can actually like affect people's mood yeah. when they read it so like that is that is something that you can do with lyrics um, with this, like you can do like slam poetry. You yeah, can, yeah. you can go up and you can like this, this feels like the music wasn't even part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it, already pre-written kind of thing. It, it just got put it over top. It feels like, uh, like Bradford could have sta- stood up on a stage, um, by himself with a piano, just playing those four, right. four or five notes and just like singing this song to an audience. Yeah. And that would have been his goal. And if that was his goal, yeah, then I think the song's better. Right. Um, but as it is with all the other bullshit in, in it, <laughs> other bullshit, sorry, I'm really harsh on this song. I don't no, like it at all. I don't think you're wrong. I think it's the worst thing they've ever done. I think this is worse than anything on Turn It Up. <laughs> and there's things I don't like. About Turn, young Lair, man. I, yeah. I despise some of the choices on that song, but at least it like, I don't know. Tries. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, so one more thing before we're done. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, uh, it does try to fulfill the role of like the like mid to early late song on an album that is like the stripped back and Bradford like bears his soul and tells you what this album's really about. Night Bike is one of my favorite examples of that. Night Bike does a fantastic job. Uh, So they've they've had this kind of idea of, Mm -hmm. okay, we need one of these songs on the album. This one just sucks. It just doesn't do it well at all. 
uh, and it's really unfortunate. Uh, and I would like to, if you're okay with uh, it, I would like to shed it as yeah, the snake yeah. sheds its skin. So we can we can actually transition from one of the worst songs that Deer Hunter has written yeah. to, in my opinion, one of the best songs Ooh, Deer Hunter has I'm written. I'm so excited. Let's go. Let's, Let's get the hell it. out of here. <laughs> Trent and Dave, listen to the song. I feel a lot better. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was going to say, man, does this accomplish everything I wish the last song accomplished? Yeah, this, so yeah. This is this is a solid 4 on my oh shit a meter. Okay. <laughs> Please explain your oh shit a meter. Okay. I don't know what that is. So, uh this this song is really cool and yep. it has like really cool moments to it. Mm-hmm. So um, like there's like this symbol splash lead in. It's another one reverse of these symbol. Yeah, reverse symbol. Yeah, like one of these ambiguous lead ins that you don't really like. Uh, you don't really grasp what the song is going to be, yeah. and then you get three hits on the two minor. It's like a yeah. band hit on on yeah. uh, on the two minor, and it's it's really good. And then it just like leads into this. Uh, the A section, and this yeah. is my oh shit number one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I love this concept. Please continue. Um, this groove rips. It's really good, eh? It's a solid funk rhythm mm-hmm. on the guitar. It's complemented by like this country shuffle on the drums. Yeah, and like so many really neat percussion acts accents that you like, have to let me talk about that at some point. Please like, continue. do it right now. Okay, this song. Legitimately has taught me things about drum production. Okay. I adore it. Mm -hmm. So Ben Allen basically ignores what traditional drum production should sound like. He's Mm -hmm. like, it's not important to capture what a drummer is doing. It's important to make a good groove. And so he has the kick drum and the bass drum and the hi-hat that originally yeah. uh, Moses was playing all dead center and super dark and compressed. Okay. So they're there just to add the oomph that you expect. Yeah, the foundation. And then, yeah, and then he goes nuts with the sides. There's, the left and right is, there's one side that is like 16th hi-hats that are opening and closing. Okay. The other side has a delayed version of that mm-hmm. or a, a second take that's slightly out of time. I don't know which, but basically... You have two different syncopated rhythms on either side, and then he starts adding in that crank sound that you've heard a couple times right. before. So, like, I yeah. saw that live. I didn't know what it was, yeah. but then, like, then, like, I saw the live performance, and he's yeah. like grinding a crank. It's a big crank thing. Yeah, and it I've just, never seen that before. <laughs> and it just makes like it's like a shaker. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. like a it makes like an interesting shaker sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also like a scratch board or yeah. like a washer or something yep. like that. Uh, J Mac is grooving. J Mac is in his in his happy place. Yeah. One thing I, okay, let's just talk about J Mac here. On yeah, this song. sure. Like the dude has funk. Yeah, and like as much as I love uh, Josh Farver, yeah. uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. He's not a funky bass player. He's a rock and yeah. noise bass player and even like yeah. uh we'll get to it the live the live stuff for like nothing ever happened like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they changed the the groove and rhythm of those mm-hmm. songs so like that makes so much sense here yeah because it is it's so funky it's so good yeah yeah it's just like bobbing along dun, 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 yeah dun, dun. yeah it's it's really interesting right it's like uh it's like you talked about before where like the different parts that people are bringing to the table kind of influence like oh maybe we can go in this direction this yeah. song they're like can we do funk i think maybe we could do funk and they go for it and it totally works it works really <laughs> yeah. well sorry keep going i just the drum production i love on this song. yeah no yeah. like that's that's what this is it's a slow shuffle yeah. in 
A, and the groove switches between uh, the A minor seven and the A dominant. Yeah. So you get this really hard mixolydian feel, like this really hard like dominant feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they switch between like those two. Yeah. Oh shit, number two. Okay. Uh, Monomania Bradford is back and swinging. Yo, thank you. This song has so much Monomania DNA flowing through it yeah. in the best way. So like. The Brad, the like the vocals, it's just like a right hook from the last song. Yeah. Uh, and like from the rest of the entire album, like mm. everything was like a softer tone in the vocals, but Bradford now villainous, aggressive, yes. yeah. confident. Oh, confident, so confident. Like, and the melody hits great, like mm-hmm. hitting all good tones. It's like right out the gate on that co- dominant seven. Like, I was born already nailed to the cross. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's really like he nails that dominant seven mm. and like it's it's such a good tone to like sit that melody on and it uh it just adds to that funk. Yeah. Adds to that funk element. Mm. Oh shit number three. Okay. We it, move to the B section. Oh, I love this B section. It moves so well. Uh-huh. It moves really good. It's like a nice one, four, six, five. Yeah. In the key of D minor. It's mm-hmm. like a D minor. Uh sorry, D flat minor. Yeah. Uh it's a D flat minor. I've done that a lot today. That's okay. Uh it's a D flat minor, uh, a G flat minor, uh, an A major and an A flat minor. Yeah. So it's it's it moves throughout. It's got a little bit of a minor two five yes. in there. It's a nice, it's a nice uh, contrast. It's really good contrast. Yeah. And like, um, they use this section to put like some backgrounds in, uh, build a nice transition section with like straighter guitar rhythm and bass and like, uh, nice, like oohs and ahs and background stuff. Can I talk about the guitars for a second in this section? Do it. Sorry. Thank you. I also love the texture choices of the two rhythm guitars in this. So you got on the right, you have like a really squashed overdriven guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, And then on the left, you have a really compressed, like trebly acoustic guitar. And those two pair together so nicely. And they remind me of a lot of things I love about Monomania, where the guitars are just jumping out at you. And because in my opinion, the mixing is better. Uh, <laughs> it, it works so well. And they recycle the same uh, deer hunter trick that I like, I forgive them every time they do this, but the instrumental chorus before they start adding lyrics over top of it, the first yeah. time you hear it, it's an instrumental and there's just some ooze. And you're like, well, this is different. This is cool. That's the cool. next time they hit you with it, they give you some lyrics. Oh, it works so well. Oh shit. Number four. Yeah. What do you got? Moses gets a break beat. He does. There's a, a drum break in this. Like this so the coolest, unexpected. Coolest thing I've ever heard in, in a deer hunter song. Yeah. It's just like, uh, this is, this is the, Oh shit. A meter. Okay. If something comes out at me and makes me say, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> then that counts. It, the gets more a, of those it gets a point on the, Oh shit. A meter. Okay. And this gave me four. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, and Moses gets a break beat with like a couple extra bits of percussion. Yeah. They give him some, um, they give him some other stuff. Shakers and, and stuff, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you think about this? Yeah. It's, it kind of rocks. It works <laughs> really well. Uh, it's something that I never expected, especially from someone who came into being a drummer by like circumstance. They just needed someone to play yeah. drums. Like he never set out to be a drummer. And now he's got to the point where he's got the confidence to be like, I can do a drum. Like it's just a drum, a breakbeat little it's section. Just a simple break. Drum like he break, mixed, yeah. there's like a little bit of variation, but like, that's not what it's about. It's about all of the instruments cut out. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. just get the drums. You just get a little bit of flair and you just get like this, like really cool dynamic shift. Mm hmm. Um, and it's just the drums for three bars and then you go back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like 
that, those are those are my four oh shits. Okay. Uh, there's an extra verse over the the third B section that you were talking about. Yeah. It gets a little bit more aggressive, more shouting, more Alice Cooper. Yeah. Like that part to me sounds like Monomania. It sounds yeah. like, oh, we still have this in our back pocket. We could do this. It's cool. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, it and it also really cleanly wraps up like the lyrical narrative of the song. Like yes. we get into the third section now, mm-hmm. which is like a variation on the A section, but it's a B minor instead of an A flat dominant. Yeah. Um, similar guitar rhythm with a little bit more movement, and they jam on this groovement. Uh, this groovement. Gro- this this groovement. groovement. That's correct. You they got it. They jam on this groovement. Yeah. Uh, as the uh, soundscape around them kind of wraps. Yeah, yeah. They just you know start layering some stuff over top. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. So the thing about um, the thing about Leather and Wood is like there was no reason for me to like any of the stuff that they were doing <laughs> that's such a beautiful pull quote but yes um where uh this one has given me reasons to sort of like uh excuse any like weird uh adventures yeah, yeah. musical adventures musical ideas like uh, you've given me so much already in this song. Right. The foundation is so strong. It's, it's like, you want to put some weird reverse guitars? That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I can rock with that. Yeah. Like yeah. I can, I'm already just jamming now with right. this song. I'm right. already like happy and like feeling good mm-hmm. with like, they've earned this ability to like do their weird stuff, do their, uh, mm-hmm. interesting, like, uh, artistic, like expressionist kind of like, yeah. lens because they've, given me like so many like reasons to like believe that they've earned it yeah yeah this song rocks um i think it's my fave some of my favorite bradford lyrics ever okay on this song yeah so this song sounds like its name yeah very much and the lyrics refer to like a a past self yes like something that you discard and throw away Mm -hmm. so like um, I was born already nailed to the cross. Yes. I was born with a feeling I was lost. Yes. I was born with the ability to talk. I was born with a snake-like walk. Yes. So the song, in in my uh, opinion, and I feel like you're going to get yeah. this as well, musically symbolizes the feeling of throwing away your snakeskin. Right, exactly. It's just different evolutions yeah. of this of Bradford and the characters that he's kind of inhabited over time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like I was born with a with a crippled man on my back. Yes. So like it's it's this like musical idea. Uh, you have basically a new persona, a new life, a new like right. identity yes. and your snake skin is behind you. Yes. To me, it shares a lot of DNA and I've used this twice already, but uh, specifically with leather jacket too. Okay. Where the vocal performance is so much about the attitude uh, except this one has even better lyrics. The lyrics in Leather Jacket 2 are fun because mm-hmm. they're almost nonsensical in a way. Yeah. Uh, I am the queen of bass yeah, yeah. comes to mind. Um, but this one, I think, does a really good job of, like, verse one, I feel like he had he talks about, like, his childhood a little bit. Where he talks about, like, I was born feeling like I was lost, like I was nailed to the cross. Yeah. But... I had the ability to talk. I had a snake like walk. I was, I am a confident person. I've always, he's always had that mm-hmm. in him, that confidence and that way with words where he's been able to create these personas for himself where he's yeah. like, I could shift into something else. Yeah. Um, I think verse two 
makes direct reference to Monomania specifically, okay. where he says they were separated then by sunlight shrouds, where he talks about re- recording specifically at night. Yeah. Uh, and the crippled man on his back. Uh, and almost like the idea of like at that time embracing the darkness felt cool. It felt like you were doing something important, like at night, like you were like uh like a spy or like yeah. a man of the night, like slinking around okay. or like party hopping between like after hours bars cool. or something. Where like at that time you were like, no, I'm dangerous and mm. I like it. But then um the third verse, I feel like, is kind of like where he's at now, where he talks about, like, yeah, I was dreaming of a man with a neon pack, which I think is very clearly monomania. Uh, okay. I think could be a reference to the dream captain. That's just, oh, my, okay. that's just my own hope. Well, uh, it's uh, there's neon junkyard as well, right? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. So, like, neon, to me, makes me think of monomania. Yeah. It, I just think of uh, who, is, who would be the man who has a neon pack. I'm like, maybe okay. maybe that could be the dream captain. But it's not. It's not. I'm just having fun with no, that. No, no, it, yeah. it, it, it's a cool idea, like, the idea that, like, mm. There was a lot of pain. Right. And he says, like, I lost my marbles all over the pink, pink gauge. Uh, I was I tried to find a cable that was engaged. He's like, I was trying to find some kind of connection to what I was feeling, especially an electrical connection, because it's so distorted. And that that fits with the theme that I that I said for Monomania. That fits with the the album's concept. That's what I'm saying. I think it's like one of the best reflections of like, this was a really tough time for me. And here's what I was kind of going through. Um, sorry, we're also talking about monomania, about feeling cool of like, I was tripping now on a city cloak. Uh, and then later he said, uh, I was national. I was geographic black Mm. where he's like that darkness that felt so cool to me. I felt like I was edgy. I felt tough. Uh, and then, but the very end, I think he really summarizes it really well of now how he looks at it in this new place of optimism where he says, I'm just gonna read the whole thing. Cause it's really good. Go, go he for says, it. <laughs> uh, I was lost in that home for the aged and lonely. I cried and I choked. I was sick and I was bony. I was feeling kind of ill. I was feeling kind of lonely. The time was erased. Yes, but I was so homely where he's like. He almost, in a way, uh, makes duplex planet make more sense in context, where, like, the idea of being in this negative space and some of the obsessions he's had about uh, existence and death and things like that almost put him in the mental space of a retirement home where he's like, I'm not doing anything with now. I'm just fretting about things in the future and I'm obsessing over that and it's impacting me. Right. And I think especially he talks about a lot of illness and things, which are things that he's talked about before, especially that's, on monomania. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a Bradford like MO. Like, he, yeah, he, it comes up a lot. He, he autobiographizes. Uh, that's a word. Yeah, uh, no, that's good. I like it. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, he talks about uh, his experiences a lot in his music. Mm. And like this. Yeah, this is basically just like throwing away like a really bad experience or a really right. bad time. And like. Also, the ability to just strut mm-hmm. and feel good. Well, that's what I mean. He's mm-hmm. like he's like acknowledging all these things, but also like casting the side and be like, yep, and that was that person. But I shed that skin, and then I was mm-hmm. this, and then I shed that skin. And every time I get new, and I get better, and I get stronger. Uh, and yeah, the confidence on this song. That's what I mean. That's why it reminds me so much of Leather Jacket too. Yeah. Is it's just attitude. It's just strut is the word yeah. you said. Um, it's a great song. It's, it's a, really good. It's a great um, song. <laughs> again, when... Um, when Bradford talks about it, he uh, when he mentioned Friday night music, yeah. But this is like that, but because you've like followed the whole story of Bradford, yeah. you understand all these different eras. Mm-hmm. It's it all has so much context, and to me, it's like it's such a great piece of their history. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think this song is great, and like it is 
one of the biggest outliers on this album. It is absolutely. Oh yeah. So that's another thing I got to talk about. Um, so this was the first single they released off the album. Okay. Uh, and so going back to me as you know, when I was listening to this, I was like, this song rocks. It, it ended up on way too many of my party playlists at the time. Rips. I play, I probably like overplayed it, uh, to people who are hanging out with me. I apologize. Um, but, um, I was like, yes, give me more of this. I'm so <laughs> excited. And Breaker was the second single off this album. It's very different. It's and, very different. And for me, especially because the uh, choruses in Breaker, I know we're talking about Breaker, we're talking about Snakes, and just bear with me. Yep. Um, the, because the, the dynamics of that are just are so different from this, I initially really didn't like Breaker too much. Okay. And it really turned me off the rest of this album for quite a while. Okay. Um, but yeah, this song is a first impression was really cool. It's just so different from everything else that's yeah. on this album. And that makes sense. Like yeah. as as a personal like fan of Monomania, yes. uh, I like that album a lot. It might be my favorite one still. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, surprised. <laughs> Like this was just a really cool callback to mm-hmm. that that album and that mood. Like you feel good listening to yeah. it. You just want to keep listening to right. it. Right. So uh yeah, I love this. Yeah, I think it's great. Um I feel like this is uh like I don't want to spoil it too much, but I'm gonna have to spoil it here a little bit. I love the mixing on this song so much. I think it sounds crisp. Mm-hmm. I think everything fits together so well. It feels good to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's great. I think it deserves to ascend to a <laughs> higher plane <laughs> somewhere uh, up to the stars. Very good. Maybe yeah. we should uh, maybe we should uh, uh, set up a ritual. I think of so. Some sort. We have to. We have to honor it in some way. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Add Ash. All right. After all that time searching for the stars, we just found a mole in the ground. I know. (laughs) Interesting contrast. Yeah. What do we do about Ad Astra? I love it. This was a one-two punch, and it was real good. Like this after Snakeskin Mm -hmm. just feels so good. Okay. Together, and I. I like this song a lot. All right. I think it's I think it's good. Um, so the Wikipedia definition of Ad Astra means to the stars. Thank you. I was going to do that, too. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of like themes within this song about uh, just like communication. Yeah. Um, in fact, like there's part where like they're like tuning a radio. And like that's yes. that's part of the soundscape. So there's a lot of like musical themes with communication mm-hmm. and like lyrical themes to like communicating with like a higher entity in space. Yeah. But like when I talk about like song to song transition, like that was like a funk groove. And this is like a really slow synth jam. Yes. Um, it's it's got a lot of like build to it it's got a different energy it's got a different style it's got a different like way that it hooks the audience and brings them into the song yeah so um we've got like a reversed uh, a reverse instrument lead in Mm -hmm. um a little bit of that and then it's just like sample drums for a bit like they they build the foundation and then there's like some uh weird affected keys yes that uh introduce a melody and then the bass kicks in and Yo. the, the bass and the chords kick in together. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's just like a good groove. Yeah. J Mac is doing a J-Mac. great J-Mac. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's it's solid. It's uh, two chords for the entire song. It sure is. Uh, it's F major, G major. So it's yep. an F Lydian. And we're just like in that mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a really cool synth melody on top of that as yeah. well. 
um, the 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 synth melody is just like just cuts through like the entire soundscape. Yeah. So like you can hear it really well. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, uh, that is the uh, SF key or the twelfth preset on the Korg Mini Log. Is it really? Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> I did not know that. So I was jamming along to that. It was just like, huh. <laughs> that's exactly the same. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting, like, melody, and it's got uh, a nice sound to it. So, yeah. like, uh, nice soft vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Bradford. It's a lock and alert, baby. Ooh, I was waiting for that. Lock it song. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. It's soft and peaceful and exactly. nice to listen to. Yes, it's washy. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to skip ahead just slightly a little bit, but... Um, like I think Lockett does such a great job of being like the pinch hitter. It's like on an album, it's like every now and then Lockett, we need you to fulfill this role. Mm-hmm. And like he often gets cleanup duty. He very often gets second last song on the album. But is him like the missing. I yeah. think like this is also like another one of his really good songs. I think so as well. Uh, and I think uh, what's kind of funny is like okay, so Lockett, what we need you to do if they're like giving him an assignment, no like, guitars. Like, so Lockett, we're gonna need no guitars. He's like, okay, got it. Uh, it's like, <laughs> we're going to need you to just be like kind of washy and spacey. He's like, okay, I can do that. And they're like, and the other thing is like, I don't know if you can do this, but uh, we need you to be really repetitive. And he's like, these are all things I'm good at. I can crush this. I, I do like, uh, I do like the first, uh, the last two of those. Like we need to be uh, washy and clean yeah. and like really repetitive. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And no guitar and like a single bead of sweat. Just, <laughs> he's like, forms like, okay. <laughs> on his head. And it's like, ah, uh, okay, I'll try. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I I feel like he very often just like gets given the assignment of like, we need you to fit in something like this. And he is up to the task. And I think especially when we talk about like the washy and clean thing, like he so often early on tried to bury his vocals a lot. And in this case, they are very big. They've got lots of like reverb, echo, delay yeah. and stuff going on, but they're still quite clean. You can make out the words. I feel like it's a good balance of what he was trying to achieve this whole time. And I think for this song specifically, the hooks yeah. and the melody are mm-hmm really nice yeah yeah really well done the way that it like slowly uh, the the melody uh for the chorus in particular mm-hmm. where it like slowly climbs to a high yeah and then it trails off at the end it's just like simple it just connects with the rest of the song really well yeah um there's like uh, a sample section in the middle yep um where they get like some quotes like some sci-fi quotes yeah like, so like i can't really some make like it radio out. drama or something yeah. Yeah, yeah um and they're also like fiddling with the radio at yes. the same time yes so this is cool because the lyrics say like and as sure as we stand when mm. we call with our four hands for the one from above who will heal us with a touch yeah um the idea is that like there's a ritual going on and they're mm. communicating with like they're trying to like gain communication with like a celestial being of some kind. So there's like this section in the middle where like they're fiddling with the radio and they're like trying to focus on something specific and like everything's building in the background. There's like a little like synth synthesizer solo Mm -hmm. and then uh, it keeps building and there's more energy and then like it's almost as if they achieve connection. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, 
just transitions into like a sick groove with yes. like real instruments. They use the the same trick as Living My Life, where it's they bring a in good the real trick. drum kit. Yeah, yeah, it works. It's a really good trick. It works, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say as well, the repetition also ties in with the lyrics of the idea of a ritual of yeah. doing something in repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're talking about the build, can I just? I've never I've never done this before, so let's see how it goes. But I was making my notes on. I was trying to track how many different keyboard parts are in this song. But I'm gonna try and read you my notes in real time of me trying to keep up with how many different keyboard sounds we're let's going. Let's do it. I'm going to try and do it fast. Ready? Keys. So like a Mellotron tape sound and then a lower buzz kind of sound. <laughs> Some delay pads. Then the main lead. In a later verse, a horn-like sound. A later chorus. Like a long howling delayed sound. Break section. Some spoken word. Radio sounds. Drama? Question mark. <laughs> Solo. Main riff with more delay experimentation. They're playing with the time. They're playing with the feedback. Then some extra supporting instrument echoing the, the main melody. Yep. Some higher howling. Big pad. Tom's <laughs> bigger pad? And then in a new then a new little melody enters with some lower howling. The main riff is back? Yeah. Some more, um, one more lower pad that starts to swallow the entire mix. And then radio sample. That was me trying to keep up with how many different fucking keyboard sounds are on this song. And then such a sick Tom fill. That's what I mean. I dun, just said, dun, dun, did I say toms? I mean, oh. yeah, toms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, again, uh, in the same uh, way, I forget what song we were talking about earlier that has the really big tom fills going into it. Oh, God, Breaker. Breaker has the big tom fills going into yep. it. Same thing. Like they're they've kind of keyed in on a couple elements that they really want to keep using over and over again on this album. But I, they all work. I think this is a production thing. Yeah, I think yeah. this is a Ben Allen thing. I think this is this is one of the like if you know like song dynamics and you know yeah. like how to how to just like build tension yeah. and then how to release tension. You sort of like get into the idea that like you can do whatever you want yeah. just as long as like you have a good transition and have a good like payoff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um so like this song builds um and like it has the two verses in the beginning mm-hmm. that are like very quiet and very soft, fairly fairly simple and fairly static. They don't change too much. Yeah. And then you have this second section that is like uh mostly just like improvised like samples and yeah, yeah. synthesizers. And it also doesn't change too much. But the idea right. is that, like, uh, it, it's it's not even, like, the build of instruments, even though there is a build of instruments. Mm. It's also just, like, the waiting mm-hmm. that the audience is doing. Like, yeah. the audience is waiting for something. Yes. And then you give it to them. Right. And it's great. Right. It's, <sighs> like, it's like Lockett really enjoys having, like, a big instrumental payoff at the end of his songs. Mm-hmm. It's, he's done it before, but it's it works every time. It's great. Uh, then. Yeah, I was going to say, were you talking about the end of the song? Yeah. We transition into the next song with mm. a sample. Yes. Uh, which is... Uh, a sample of a song, uh, I Wish I Was a Mole in the Ground yes. by Bassam Lamar Lunsford. Yes, that is correct. And uh, yeah, like it's, uh, they transitioned into the next song with this with this sample, this country country blues. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to call it exactly. Yeah. Uh, tra- like traditional folk song, I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. what. Um, but yes, uh, to steal a transition that you used before, in the same way that that transitions over <laughs> into Carry On, this too will transitions us into Carry On. Trent and Dave listen to the song. Alright. Carry on, my wayward son. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, let's close out this big C. I like yours better. Ooh. Uh, what do we think about Carry On? Um, it's also kind of not my favorite. I'm not jamming with this one okay. uh, as well, but like, it's okay. 
Um, it is okay in my opinion as well. <laughs> Go on. Uh, yeah, so it starts with a nice little rubato at the beginning yeah. with Bradford and a guitar on E minor. In can, a, so can I explain what the chords are? Because I tried to figure it out, and I, I, using my you know incredibly extensive guitar knowledge, not at all. Um, it's really cheater guitar, and it's kind of great. Okay, it's just twelve fret harmonics across every string, and then fifth fret harmonics across every string, and you just go brown, brown. You just go back and forth between those two. It sounds like this like really complex, interesting chord. It's so easy to play. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, keep going. Yeah, like it's. Uh, it's like a soft shaky like vocals mm-hmm. so like it, it's it's really like uh Bradford can sing confidently and now like when he's singing at this like level mm-hmm. um it's it's shaky and like a little bit unconfident but I think it's intentional which yeah. which I think is like pretty good for Bradford and it's a interesting transi- transition into like the re- resolution so it's right. it's just like a one to four from C to F. Yep. And then a five to one from G to C. Yeah. It's like a little country shuffle. Um, it's it's relaxing and it's really laid back. For the most part of this song, like they switch back and forth between these sections. Mm-hmm. So like this really like soft introspective part. Yep. And then this payoff. A transition of moods. Yes. Um, vocals uh, at the end of this song peak like crazy. Yes, they do. And it's it's very like distracting at the end of the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Um, like for the beginning of the album, there was like an interesting filter that was going on with a lot of like Bradford's vocals. Yeah. Where like if he was too loud or too close or peeking on the mic, yeah. there was like something that would kick in that would like put a filter on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen here. And in this one, he just gets more distorted and more mm-hmm. scratchy. Yeah. So like I don't know if it it was an intentional like filter. I think it was. Uh, okay. okay keep going cool yeah um yeah this is another like big vocal performance song yeah with bradford just flexing right because there's not that much else going on really it's it's mostly a vehicle for the lyrics and for the vocals and i don't and for the lyrics there's not i'm not sure like what i can get out of it because like yeah the name is a pun it it is it is it is a big old dad pun so like it's uh the name is carrion yes as in like a carrion bird like a right like a vulture correct uh but there's no reference to like desert birds or like i guess like it's a reference to like being a mole but i don't even know if moles are like a prey animal to vultures i don't believe they are so like the the beginning of the song like has bradford saying like i will carry on yes as like the actual like i will carry on with my life or right. i will carry on with yes. this with this decision yeah. sort of thing not as like i will carry on as like i will become a bird right. no because he's becoming a mole right <laughs> oh yeah okay do you want to do you want me to do the biggest stretch job i've ever done let's let's do it I get limber cuz i th- think i can try and make sense of these lyrics okay i've tried really hard to think about it okay and i think i get it okay the entire album up until this point has been this is new bradford bradford <laughs> is in a comfortable place bradford has moved on from who he was in monomania okay he's comfortable he's stable he's happy with who he is yeah this song is dark bradford coming dark back. bradford all he's, right he's, he's got reared the, his head yeah he's got the goatee back on exactly. we're, in the, we're in the mirror universe and because the production shifts as well and you get that distorted uh monomania type thing like it's peaking we don't care it doesn't yeah. matter okay and and i feel like the part that really 
uh, kind of ties that together. I know I'm stretching. I'm stretching. Work with me here. Um, is that he's saying, um, even though he's cast aside this darkness that gave him the edge to make Monomania, and I didn't mention it when we made the Monomania episode, but uh, he said Monomania is his favorite album he's made. Okay. Even after this album came out, cool. he said Monomania is still my favorite thing I've ever made. Cool. I'm so proud of Monomania. Yeah. So he's looking at it and saying, he asks, what's wrong with me <laughs> kind of thing. And he says, even though you're gone, I still carry on. Yeah. I must stay strong. And he mentions all these ideas of like that darkness helped me create something that I really appreciate. I was proud of. I was a vulture. I like preying off of my own negative energy, this dead thing. And I wonder if without that, I can still be effective. I have to try. I have to move on from it. But what about the mole so, stuff? Yes, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> okay. Me, I thought about that. I'm not done yet. Okay. Yeah. And so he's recognizing this battle within himself. I'm stretching. Work with me, baby. So uh, he's recognizing this this battle that's occurring where he's like, do I have to suffer to make art? Which is a question that so many artists have asked themselves over time. Yep. And so he's like, you know what will be so much better? Oh, I love this. Keep going. doing it. Is that I wish I didn't have to think about any of this. Yep. I wish I lived a simpler life. I wish I was a mole in the ground. Okay. And the mole in the ground doesn't have to worry about any of this shit. The mole just exists. It doesn't understand anything beyond I just dig holes. I live underground. I live with my head buried underground. But I he's not even being a good mole. He's digging too deep. He can't find his home. Because he mentions in Monomania <laughs> Night bike, night bike, not night buck, night bike. He says it cuts so deep. He mentions he's a reference to that. It, look, I'm trying, and the whole. So ready? Here's my entire final. Finale. I love it. I love this. I'm trying. I'm so trying. The whole idea is this: there's there's been a battle taking taking place. Yeah. And Bradford this entire time has been like putting on a front to be like, mm. I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm stable. Everything is so great. I'm so happy. And at the end, the frontier fades, and we drop the facade and he goes i actually am kind of still insecure and that's carry on love love the title reference i tried really really hard to make sense of that because a lot of it is just references to moles yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's where i'm at with this one yeah. how do i actually feel about the song i think it's okay yeah i don't uh okay. i'm i'm not really digging it it's just like being a mole not liking it digging too deep possibly having a connection to like the southern American style influence and not being able to like not be a mole. Right. Like yeah, my yeah. interpretation was like uh, with like the connection to the Lunsford song as well mm-hmm. was like this idea that maybe there was an effort to not be a mole. Okay. Uh, this, this sort of like effort to like shed some sort of identity yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, with maybe like a, a a style, like folk country style. Yeah, yeah, or like maybe that like folk country aesthetic. Mm-hmm. The rest of the album was trying to like shed that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, this song is like, oh well, I just can't. Because, right. And that's what I think. Because I'm a mole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think it's in a way, especially because the production style kind of shifts and everything. Mm-hmm. To me, again, it sounds kind of monomania esque. Is like. I think I agree with you. It's kind of like the dropping of pretense mm. uh, and saying like, this is who I am and I can't escape that. So we found some uh, sort of like uh long converging narrative in yeah. this song. Um, I hope 
listener, you agree with it. Right. <laughs> I still think it's my least favorite album closer by Deer Hunter. Probably. I don't I don't really like this song. I agree. I it's it's kind of just eh. But um I wanted to try and find a way to fit it into the narrative. I love it. So I did I, love I did it. my best. Uh, as guy who often interprets the lyrics, I was like, I can do this. I can figure this out. And in the same way Bradford has joked before and said, like, I can't explain my poetry. I will try to explain your poetry, sir. Um, so, all right. Do you want to do, you wanna do yeah, as final far thoughts or do as, you want to do As far as do, doing our best, yeah. let's, let's get to the album thoughts. Okay. Um, okay. So this one was not as much of a dynamic roller coaster yes. as Monomania. Yep. Uh, most of the songs were really solid. Really well produced. Yep. Um, I, I like most of them. Yeah. Uh, it's not as obvious of a departure as Halcyon Digest. And, like, I think, I said this at the beginning, I think this is a more genuine attempt to make a softer, more pop-focused Deer Hunter album. Yeah. Specifically, air quotes, Deer Hunter. <laughs> as, as, like... They're taking a lot of style and influence that like earlier albums had, mm. specifically Monomania, but like also there's like some stuff in like Microcastle yeah, and yeah. Uh, earlier albums. I didn't really notice the producer as much mm. uh, uh, on my first listening. Okay. Obviously, like we're going through it and we're noticing all the stuff that like happened, but like my first listening through Halcyon Digest was like, whoa, yeah, what happened? Yeah, this is so different yeah and it's and it's not like bad like um spoilers like i still like halcyon digest yeah just like a a better more pop centric yes version of the band yes so how about you so yeah uh it's funny that you mentioned that you're like i didn't notice the producer on this one because to me on this album all i can think about at times is how much production is going on and i like it i really really do i think i feel like I think more of the production goes into like the instruments. Yes. Yeah. More, yeah. more of the production goes into like instrument choices and uh, sort of like tone shifts. So like, right. Um, there were songs where like, they'd have like a guitar tone at the beginning and then a different guitar tone yes. in the B section. Yes. Um, and like, that is not something that you would get on earlier albums. Right. Um, there's also like, uh, like guest appearing right instrumentalists yeah, yeah. instrumentalists and they, coming and in things jump out of the mix when they need to and then they go right back and, and you, they ignore them they like i talked about with snakeskin you build grooves that are not physically possible to play but it doesn't matter because it sounds great and i think for me uh but what i love about recorded music is it doesn't have to make sense yeah it doesn't have to abide by the regular laws of time and yeah. physics you can just paint with sound uh and like especially so like songs like that really recognized me the idea of like okay moses play one drum beat okay now just play a different hi-hat thing it's like that is not physically possible it doesn't matter because it sounds great and for me especially uh, the way the different synth layers all fit together the way that he plays around with reverb i'm um, he by which i mean ben the allen s- the synths it, are so good is the synths sound great they layer together so well the the way things fit in space when they need to be back there they have a bunch of reverb around them to me this album has my favorite production Mm. of anything they've done and as someone who geeks out about production i love production so much i listen to this album and all i want to do is study it and pick it apart and try and figure out exactly all the little pieces and how well they stack together because it is such a great listening experience 
That being said, it has one of the worst songs I've ever it heard. Ha- it's the worst. The worst Deer Hunter song they've ever made is Leather and Wood, and it's on this album, which is very disappointing. I, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, no. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. And uh, the other thing for me is that I think the narrative that this album tries to tell isn't necessarily the most exciting one as a listener. Yeah. I feel like in all uh, narratives and all fiction, nonfiction, whatever, when you're crafting a story, you need to have some kind of arc and especially you need conflict. Yeah. And this album doesn't really have a lot of conflict going on. Both songs are feel like the, uh, like what's called like the falling action. If you look yeah. at like a narrative arc yeah. of like things have wrapped up and now it's just like a little reflection at yeah. the end, which you need the for first, closure. The first five songs. Right. That that was that. It, it was just like uh, sort of like a rest area, a falling action yeah, sort yeah. of like we're just taking it easy for the first five songs right, of the album. Right, right. Uh, and they're good songs, but they don't move. And, right. uh, and yeah, that, that was my idea as well. Mm. Um, it, like there's, there's no movement until you get to Leather and Wood, and then it – drops to like a really low point yeah and then you get punched in the face with snakeskin right yeah like i i agree with that almost almost entirely of so many other deer hunter albums have emotional weight they have they have some kind of struggle that is occurring during the album and it's always like a processing of that and they approach it from a couple different angles but there's always like a couple things you can point to being like this is the struggle this is the challenge that's occurring and in the same way that i hate catcher in the rye as a book everyone freaking geeks out about catcher in the rye and they're like it's a character study and i'm like nothing happens in the book nothing ever happens i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that i swear i didn't even mean to do that and in this to me in this album nothing really happens from an emotional standpoint until snakeskin until snakeskin and snakeskin is like the one thing where i'm like okay you got my blood pumping a bit yeah. I, I like i'm 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 kind of enjoying this mm-hmm. but uh like i don't get emotionally invested in any of the songs as much as i enjoy them from a texture and sonic standpoint i feel like you could put snakeskin at astra in like a couple of these songs into an ep and it would be great it probably it probably slap it probably be really yeah. good yeah yeah um the other thing i will say before we could do album rankings okay i feel like we don't even need to do favorite and least favorite we're on the same page yeah snake skin leather and wood leather and wood okay we got it okay um so uh the last thing i will say is uh bradford's dad james cox uh, okay has said this is his favorite deer hunter album uh and his quote he said it's really much more musical plus i like that i can make out all the words so shout out to james cox for, hell yeah I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it my friend we enjoyed it too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's do uh album rankings then all right so i've got for my number one monomania still uh-huh. holding strong yeah uh rainwater cassette exchange number two yeah halcyon digest number three at least it made top three at yeah. least it made top three so fading frontier goes right under halcyon digest for Ooh, me interesting i i like it i yeah. i think it's i think it's not far off from halcyon digest for me i think like right. as far as like uh like the same thing with halcyon digest where like there wasn't um as clear of an album narrative going from song to song yeah uh it still had one it still yeah. had it still had interesting highs interest interesting lows mm-hmm. um so it has something above it has something above uh fading frontier to me right um but what halcyon digest also has is some really good songs it does it has, halcyon digest has multiple 10 out of yeah. 10 songs for yeah. me 
Um, whereas Fading Frontier has one. Right. <laughs> uh, and then it also has one of my least favorite songs that Deer Hunter It really produced. drags it down. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I still think, like, because of the production quality, because everything is everything is higher. Yes. Uh, so the, the lows, even the lowest, is still higher um, than, like, the songs before, like, this new production change. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, uh, the first five songs are better than most of the songs on Microcastle. Yeah. Just, just like, just as a result of produ- uh, production mm-hmm. and also the band getting better. Yeah. Uh, like, J-Max getting better. He's getting into the groove. Yeah. Uh, Moses doing really good work. Lockett doing really good work. Yeah. Bradford, like vocals are confident mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. like all of all of this stuff uh makes good songs right uh, and for the most part i like most of the songs yeah i would say yeah like you're saying the confidence and the, like just the interband comfort everyone feels like they're all pulling in the same direction even with the producer and so it's all coming together and it's a very cohesive thing that being said <laughs> <laughs> my number one is halcyon digest you know mm-hmm. that's not going to change i can't uh the other thing i'll say while we're talking about halcyon digest just just to, like one little quip back we're gonna fight about this forever okay we're gonna fight about this forever there's no one third like through narrative it's all different like pieces of like the same theme it's like a it's a okay it's a, it's a narrative anyways uh, not a narrative. <laughs> sorry it's like a sorry i didn't mean to say narrative it's like a um like a mosaic a collage like, collage is the word i'm looking for thank you see it's so good um <laughs> number two is ray mark cassette exchange ep uh still slaps still has f- great songs on it um Michael castle still my number three I think Microcastle to me, when we talk about the narrative, it has one of the best through narratives to the entire song. It was like a progression of a character the entire way. Uh, plus, it's just really guitar heavy, and I just like that. <laughs> it's just who I am. I like shoegaze. Uh, <laughs> don't hate me. Um, number four is Monomania for me, and I was surprised at how how well this is like stood up in my rankings as an album that the very first time I heard it, I did not like. I'm gonna I'm gonna take credit for that. I, I think. I think so. I think I convinced you of a couple things. I think just forcing me to sit down and be like, Trent, you have to listen to this and you have to really like think about it. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, I get it. I like it. I don't agree with everything that it does, but I respect it. God damn it. I respect you. Um, Fading Frontier is my number five because I do really like the production on it. Like I said, I, I geek out about this. I feel like I learn things when I listen to this album. Weird Era continued. Fluorescent Gray EP. Turn it up as, as my end. Yep. Um, cool. Do you want to do? Do you want to just talk about live in general? Let's do it. There's yeah. a lot of like interesting changes that go on here. Yeah. Um, like, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. band change. Yes. So they add two members just for the live show, which is a lot of fun. So because there's so many freaking keys on this album, they bring in a live keyboardist, uh, Javier uh, Morales. Yeah. Uh, who also plays sax. We'll get into that in a second. I. I'm wondering if he was the original sax player. He's not. I He's looked it up. He did not play on Halcyon Digest. He didn't play on uh, Coronado. It's interesting because, yeah. like, he has a similar style to mm-hmm. the, to the I, saxophone he, he player. He mimics it well, but I yeah. did not. I looked it up. He, it's not him. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, the other guy uh, is Rasan Manning, mm-hmm. who is the additional percussionist, or I, as I like to call him. You know when you say uh, fisherman, you don't say fisherman. Okay. Say fisherman. Yep. He's the crankman. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, yeah, I know he plays lots of other things as well. He's doing other additional things, but most importantly, most critically, yeah. he's the crankman. He plays the crank <laughs> exactly, skin, and uh, we love him for it. But <laughs> I feel like this is a step in their live show to be like, 
what? Like when Bradford talks about, it's I want to make Friday night music. This Let's is be a, a party band. This is a party. Yeah, for sure. So like a lot of their songs have changed. Not all of them. Yeah, but a lot of them have changed into this like interesting party groove, in, uh, including the first one on the playlist that yeah. you showed me. Yeah, Rainwater Cassette Exchange. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about this. One. Got a lot more up. Beat a lot groovier. Yeah, uh, like the hand drums and the synth solo. Yeah, like there's there's like a lot of additions to it, and yeah. like a soft synth build and a party jam at the end. Yeah, like man. they actually just like groove on it for the end of the song, and they just like keep it going, and it's it's a lot different than like okay, yeah, like they were transitioning to this like version of Rainwater Cassette Exchange before, like yes, this, when they played it live, they they changed the big beat version, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, now it's more of that, but like the hand drums put in like this sort of like it's it just like gives it a little bit of extra oomph to like that style, that party group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it feels good. It feels like something that you want to dance to. Yes. And I feel like part of what made Rainwater Cassette Exchange the song so great is that it was just like uh kind of like light, kind of like almost like tropical in some yeah, ways. Yeah, it was Pop like a song. surfer rock. That's right. that's what I said. Yeah. Right. And because parts of Fading Frontier also, like especially I think of like Living My Life, has some of those like beachy West African counter rhythm things going on, mm-hmm. this song fits so well. And I think it's what I kind of like about this era of, of the live Deer Hunter set is they're tapping into different parts of their past and going, how can we incorporate that into what we're doing right now? Yeah. And so Rainwater Cassette Exchange works so great as an opener first of all because you have so much space to just like build up the groove bradford doesn't even come on stage until the groove has already been established yeah which is one of my favorite live moves <laughs> i love when the front person doesn't start on stage it's a lot of fun um comes on comes in with a cigar he comes in with a cigar he can, also i want to like we don't talk about uh like costumes as much as we probably should well the, yeah, yeah like we did talk about uh what was it connie Lungfingers or like, uh, connie Lungpin. Lungpin. yeah yeah uh yeah the I, amalgamation of everything like this late 1970s early 80s cbgb's new york punk mm-hmm. yeah yeah and now now we're getting into this sort of like i don't know how to describe it but he comes in with like a loose fitting shirt and a cowboy hat it's like earth tones and yeah. more like down to earth relaxed. Like he almost like, especially in the, in the rainwater exchange one, yep. uh, looks like he just came back from a hike or something. Okay. And he's like, man, I'm just relaxed. I'm cool. I'm not trying to like, uh, like really use any bold colors that jump out or anything. It's just like supposed to feel homey. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say on rainwater cassette exchange before we move on, uh, is that there is a version that I didn't show you, Okay. but, um, there is a version where they have a whole, it's like 10 minutes long and the sack, instead of the keyboard gets to just go nuts over top of it it's a lot of fun so i'll send it to you after it just didn't fit within what we were doing cool but i like that basically they used that during this time period yeah as kind of a fun instrumental space to really like get everyone acclimatized to what was going on and it could just be whatever it needed to be that night kind of thing same with cool. same with revival and dream captain yeah so they're also these like energetic party songs yeah and uh like everyone is having a lot more fun they're a lot more engaged yeah um like uh, specifically i'm gonna shout out j mac yeah on the bass like he's just Always working grooving. he's just working it yeah. and like uh, everyone's having a good time. There's like a lot more like movement on the stage and people are moving around having, yeah. having fun. Whereas like before, um, like, uh, when like the one that was, uh, Whitney was part of the band. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Michael she, Castellaro, yeah. Yeah. Michael Castellaro. She was like the most energetic person, but yes. everyone else was like standing around. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, this one, every everyone else seems to be like just more into the music. It is a really fun time in the uh, in the band's history. In a sense, I really wish that I had seen them on this tour because to me, when when Bradford talks about Friday Night Music, this seems like it just seems like a lot of fun to see these shows. It's just a good you could just dance around, have a great time. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think it's a really cool monument. Uh, however, however, <laughs> however, I'm gonna do it teaser for next time so next time we will cover why hasn't everything already disappeared why hasn't it yeah great question uh and the two teasers i will give you for this number one is they will finally work with a producer they have never worked with before okay we've been flip-flopping back and forth a lot so we're gonna get somebody new and i want to give you a quote um, what that bradford said uh after fading frontier had been released and he was doing press he said You can listen to cryptograms or fluorescent gray and hear that we weren't trying to be the fucking arcade fire. We never had dreams of playing in arenas. My hero, (laughs) (laughs) my hero was Pauline Olivieros, who's an uh, experimental electronic artist uh, and Bowie. And Bowie is an interesting case. He really got it, man. He was just able to be fucking the one Bowie and where you could really just do whatever the fuck you want at any given time and it'll be fine. And that's something to aspire to. Is he going to be mad that I compared him to Arcane Fire? I don't know, man. But then, oh, anyways, shit. So, I feel, oh, shit. I feel I feel the hands around my neck. Exactly. Those bony, bony hands. Um, but yes, anyway, so that's where we're going. Uh we're going to aspire to just do whatever the fuck you want. We'll aspire for sure. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait because it's a 12 minute song. No, 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 no. Uh, why isn't everything already disappeared is the album. Oh, there's another album. And then we have time bends. Ooh. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We got one more full album. One more. Full and album. then we got an EP. And then to date, at least that's all there is. But until Until then, then, have a wonderful day. Bye.